If you want to turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1 and Daniel chapter 9, let me get my grandson's water. Kids can go with Russ, Mr. Russ, unless you want to stay and listen to me. I've never had one kid say, yeah, that's what I want to do. (laughs) Um, I know I keep repeating myself. Um, This crazy time in our world is God's time, therefore it's our time, okay? I understand things are nuts. I understand, I understand. I understand there's great division. I understand there's all these different things that, that everybody's telling us, you know. Does anybody actually listen to Dr. Fauci anymore? I mean, seriously, duh. You know, it, it, but that's not the point. The point is I'm watching all these angry people I'm watching all these people who just need something extraordinary and miraculous in their lives. And I don't see that as a bad time. I see this as my time. Church, I'll say it over here. They missed it. I see that as our time. Okay? Because honestly, no one else has any hope. All they want to do is argue. Somebody's got to bring hope to this crazy world. And we're the folks that can do it. You folks online, listen to me. This isn't a time to be afraid. This isn't a time to, oh my goodness, I can't believe those people are wearing masks. Those people aren't wearing masks. Who cares? If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. I'm better looking with a mask. All right? But it's not about that. It's It's a a time where the church of Jesus Christ can be the church of Jesus Christ and we can lead this crazy world out of this mess. That was a little weak. This is the time for the church of Jesus Christ to lead this crazy world out of this mess. See, in Genesis 12, go all the way back there. You can stay in Ephesians 1 and Daniel 9. But all the way back there, (laughs) it's amazing to me how quickly we mess things up, okay? You know, Genesis 1 and 2 is creation. Whoa, wow, what a thing, what a time, what a, oh my goodness, this perfect creation, this perfect garden, these perfect relationships. And then along comes Genesis 3. And we're so busy being unfocused, all he's got to do is get us to stare at a piece of fruit. Think about it. And all of a sudden, it breaks loose, doesn't it? All of a sudden, and this is the amazing thing about this corona that has been uh, very evident to me. In Genesis 3, after Adam and Eve sinned, what happened? They were hiding in the bushes isolating themselves, they were in great fear because they knew they had done something they weren't supposed to, okay? And then what'd they do? Well, they took personal responsibility for what they did. No. They sat around blaming each other. Aren't you so thankful that we don't sit around blaming anybody? But folks, this is important. Because if we are, we need to clean that mess up. 
you got to understand, the people you're frustrated with right now, politically and, and theologically and in life and all that kind of stuff, you got to understand, they don't even understand what they're doing. There is a dynamic evil force that is absolutely marching in our world. And I, I need one of those waters. I'm sorry. I, I get it. You're, you're old. I mean, you're, you're, your feet hurt. I'm sorry. Well, get it? No, I'm just kidding. But there is an underlying force, and this is not just in the United States. Watch it. It's around the world. You know, and part of it's kind of a communist sort of thing, and some of it's sort of a control sort of thing, and some of it is, you know, but you've got to understand, I really believe this. There's a plan, but the people that are carrying out the plan don't even know they got a plan. Think about it. I'm serious. And this is important for we Christians to understand. In Genesis 3, it was the beginning. By the time they got to Genesis 11, they were building towers to try to make themselves like God. In Genesis 12, God says, listen, I know you're in a comfortable place in the city of Ur, but the bottom line is I want you to understand I'm calling you out of that mess and I want you to go where I show you. And that's difficult because I don't know about you, but I want God to tell me now where he wants me to go. Anybody else struggle with that? What do you mean just go till you show me? Man, I got to know. I got to tell my mama. You know, you imagine me going home and telling my wife, listen, honey, we're moving. Where are we going? Don't know. She's like, well, you're going to be one lonely dude. (laughs) But the thing is, is that he called them out. And he says, I'm in this. I will make you. I will make you a great nation. I will use you. And you will be a blessing to every family on the earth. Folks, he's not just talking to the Israelites two and a half thousand years ago. He's talking to us. He's talking to us. He's talking to us. You see, I'm real tired of hearing about people who have been harmed by the church. I'll say it again because y'all missed it. I am real tired. I am done. And I'm telling you right now, this doesn't happen here. Most because I am one mean, nasty dude. But this doesn't happen here because you people are different. But I am so tired of hearing family and friends who who say, you know what, I don't want nothing to do with that place. Because they're right. Some of the meanest, nastiest people I know go to church every Sunday. Many of them are on the board. Many of them preach. The thing you've got to understand is the church is supposed to be the closest thing we will ever experience and enjoy this side of heaven. It is supposed to be like heaven. Amen? And that, but there's, I could tell, and sometimes there's this, but pastor, you're getting a little nuts. You know, I mean, we, we got issues. You know, we got things 
we haven't worked out totally yet. Well, that's what I want us to talk about today. If you see issues, how come you're not fixing them? If you see gaps, why aren't you being a gap filler? Where this human organization that's supposed to be an organism that's called the church, that's filled with God and his spirit, where you see something not quite perfect or right, let me tell you whose responsibility it is to do whatever's necessary to make sure that's not happening and the church is what it needs to be. It's yours. It's yours. Amen kind of went away. It's yours. Last week I talked about the fact that the church ain't something up there in that building, you know, with that crazy preacher. You know, you are the church. The moment you announce to everybody, I go to church or I'm a Christian, guess what? You are the church. See, in America, what we've done is we've made church this place where you go and listen to this dude, hopefully the music, and he will entertain you. And most people just kind of sit there with their teeth in their mouth and watch. But guys, that's not God's will. That's not God's word. Yeah, well, I go to church. So does the devil. You gotta get this. You gotta understand. And, And as we come together, God just does this marvelous, miraculous, powerful thing when we step up and away and out of this kind of mediocre, barely get by, I showed up mentality, right? Let me tell you about a marvelous thing happening in our church right now. We have somewhere between six, eight, ten people who are saying, you know what? I feel called to ministry. You know, I feel called to ministry. And I want to kind of train. I want to come under the, um, the authority of, of pastor and the board. And, and I, want to, I want to train to be a great and exciting and powerful minister of God. The thing we kind of forget in the church is it does not say, go sit and listen to the preacher. It doesn't say that anywhere, nowhere. What it says is, are you listening? And I'm talking to you. You are the priesthood of believers. Every person here who claims the name of Jesus Christ is called to be a priest or a priestess, I guess. Do you hear what I'm saying? If you feel an inkling of a call or you've got something, you just feel like, you know, God could use me in excellence in this area. I invite you to step up and step in, okay? And I want you to understand, it does not mean 24 years of schooling. The first thing is going to, you're going to listen to is my coach and myself, and we're going to start to train, and we're going to start to teach, and we're going to start to put you out. Here's my goal over the next 10 years. I want 10 congregations in the various neighborhoods in all around us, okay? 
where people, we've got, we've got just about that many right now saying, that's me. I'm that person. I'm going to build that Riverview group. I'm going to develop that congregation. I'm going to be a part. I'm going to be a major part when we begin to plant churches. You see, a lot of people are like, oh, that's, that's too much. No, it's not. That's exactly who you are called to be. The problem is we've let people sit around the church for 10, 20, 30 years and they never step up into their priestly role. And you can do it. If you have an area of ministry, a lot of people are like, well, you know, I, this happened in my life and, you know, I, I went to jail for this so I can't really be a priest. Sure you can. And there's a group of people out there that only you, they're not going to look at me, a Lily White Goofburger. They're going to they're say, I need somebody I can relate to. And that could be your congregation. That could be your church. That could be a group of people that you build up in Christ so they become priests in the Lord. Amen? Are you with me? And see, this is, this is so important. But I want to get back to the fact that the church is supposed to be heaven on earth. missed it. The church is supposed to be heaven on earth. No one should stay home and say, well, I really messed up this week. I don't belong there. Let me help you with something. Anybody know what I'm going to say? None of us belong there. Every one of us are goofy. And you know amens on that one either. You know, I think every one of us have mental, emotional, psychological struggles because of the sinful world we live in and the past we've had. And the bottom line, that's just who we are. So God's not looking for perfect people. If God was looking for perfect people, I'd be out. You know, now I'm closer than, no, I'm just kidding. But, but you gotta understand, this is, this is not for perfect people. This is not for super Christians because there is no such thing. This is for me and you who have the same struggles and the same temptations and have done the same daffy things. Are you with me? But you, and you online, I want to tell you right now, we can Zoom you in and we can, we can train you to be a minister wherever you are and in whatever way you want to be used by God. Amen? So don't just sit there. Don't just sit there and say, well, you know. And don't sit there and say, well, you know, Pastor, I think you've lost your mind. Because I have lost my mind. It's not, that's not, there's no question about that. But the reality is, I've not lost my mind as far as what the church can be and what you can be. Every one of you can do something extraordinarily, extraordinary and great in the kingdom of God by the power of God, by the wisdom of God, by the glory of God. Every person, every person I loved a book I read probably two years ago. And it, it, it was awesome because this church, and you've probably heard of one of the guys involved. His name is Henry Blackaby. Henry Blackaby wrote Knowing God. It's just a classic. It's just a powerful, powerful, powerful book. In that church, as soon as you're, you, you ask God into your life, you automatically begin to train to go be a part of or be a pastor of planting a church. 
Could you imagine a church where you didn't teach people just to ad hoc and be there when nothing else is there or whatever? When you get saved, you're immediately, you begin training immediately to become a major part, play a major role in planting a church. Because let me help you with something. Pastor lives over there on, what's, what's, what's the name of his road? Funkadoodle or something like that? Huh? Funston, Funkadoodle, Funkadoodle whatever, you know, it's, it's whatever. But the bottom line is, wouldn't it be so much greater? Now, I understand pastor's always here, right? But wouldn't it be much easier to invite his neighbors? something at his house or something we find over there rather than asking them to drive all the way here. Wouldn't it be awesome? You know, and have different places all around. We could still be a connected body, but the bottom line is, is, is we've got things going all around. And I think that's important because I would like to develop, I think it's God's will to develop a bunch of heavens on And I know people are like, well, you know, the church is the church and it's what it is. Well, why don't we change that? Why don't we make it what God intended it to be? Okay, turn in Ephesians, uh, starting in um, verse 17. I keep asking that that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. One of the things that's really missing from the church today is the fact that too often we do what we think we're supposed to do. And, and I love you, you know, and too often boards or, or different things are, are part of people who want to give their opinion. And you've ever heard the old, old adage in line, the bottom line is opinions are kind of like armpits. Everybody's got them and they all stink. The bottom line is I want you to understand something. It's nice. It's not about your opinion. It's not about your opinion. Somebody say amen. There's only one opinion that really counts in the church of Jesus Christ. And we find that opinion in the word. And through the guidance and inspiration of God's Holy Spirit. The same God who inspired the writing of this book is still inspiring today. This is is such an important thing to understand. We need to learn to wait on God. See, a lot of people ask me, you know, because I've been fairly successful in planting churches, starting churches. And they're like, well, what do you need? And after many years, I've been at this for 40 years. I know it's hard for you to believe I've been in the ministry for 40 years because I'm so young looking and debonair. (laughs) But a lot of people think, and and this has been a problem in the church. Well, what we've got to do is we've got to get this really sharp young couple. And we've got to get a smoking hot worship band. And man, it'll just rock and it will roll. That's why they're failing. You see, what we need is just like what happened in Acts. They stayed on their knees, and they prayed until God came. And God gave them the wisdom. God revealed to them exactly what they were supposed to be doing. And God gave them tremendous success, success, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
So if you wonder, well, how would I start this ministry? You start this ministry on your knees. Then you draw other people in and say, help us pray to know what we're supposed to be doing, what I'm supposed to be doing. And God will, if you really are looking toward that, God will reveal his perfect will to you. Amen? And understand, God's not going to call you to something he never gifted you to do. You know, I mean, you know, God never inspired me to be a model. You wonder why? Seriously. But you've got to understand something. God will call you within the context so that you can be effective in using not only your gifts, but also your past. A lot of people are defeated by their past. Well, I did this, or I was in jail, or I had this happen, or, you know, so I really failed, so I've just got to lay down for the rest of my life. No, God says, no, 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 that's why I died, and that's why I rose again. And the bottom line is, I can work through you if you'll just let me. Amen? Um, who was I? Revelation, so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope. There is nothing more that people, than people need today than that there is hope. You see, the way I grew up, I was, I was taught, the, the way you win people to Jesus and, is to go out there and tell them how bad they've been. Do you know you're a sinner? And if you don't do what I tell you to do right now, you're going to burn in hell. I remember there was one children's group, and that's the first thing they taught, how bad these, these five-year-old sinners were. Man, when I was five, I just wanted to play ball. I don't care about the other stuff, you know? And it's just, it's, it's, it's just kind of freaky. You know what people of every age want to know? There's great hope for my life now and in the future. I got hope. Things are crazy, but I got hope. Things are nuts, but I got hope. I messed up, but I got hope. I've been where you've been. I've been. I got hope, man. And that's what everybody's looking for, amen? Everybody's looking for hope, and you got it to offer everybody to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparable great power for us who believe. Here's what you do. You go out there and tell them, even if you're not, one of these kids whose parents have millions of dollars, one of these days, you're going to be one of those uh, trust fund babies because when you get to heaven, you're going to have the same inheritance as Jesus Christ himself. And you start talking dope, people listen. They listen. And you tell them, listen, I got news for you. God's got it all set up for you. No matter where you've been, no matter where you are, God's got this awesome, powerful plan. You got a hope. You've got an inheritance. You've got the power to be able to do whatever is necessary. Please hear me. Because the problem is if you don't believe it and you're not living it, then the bottom line is how do you communicate it? Very important. That power is the same as the mighty strength. Now listen to this. He exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him 
at his right hand in the heavenly realms. I love this part. Are y'all listening? Are y'all listening to this part? Go ahead. I know the Super Bowl's not till 6.30, but you can start now, okay? The Super Bowl will be over at 10. This ain't, okay? It's the power he's sending us, the love he's sending us, the authority he's sending us is far above all rule and authority. Well, I can't believe these government officials are doing what they're doing. Let me help you with something. They have a boss too, whether they know it or not. And when it's time, he will remove them. Are you with me? He will deal with that. Amen? Far above all rule and authority, all power and all dominion. Oh, but pastor, man, I got this thing in my life and I can't get rid of it. I can't shake it. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to deal with it. He does. He does. But you can't just talk about it. You need to get on your knees until you actually believe it for you. For you. It's easy to say, well, I believe it for you. It's hard sometimes to believe it for me. Amen? So important. So important. And he's above every name that is name, that is invoked, not only in the present age, but in also the one to come. Now listen to this one. And God placed all things under his feet. Talking about Jesus Christ. We ain't done. Listen. Now listen. He placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything. This is the one that lives within us, right? We are Christians. We've asked God in our lives. He's planted his seed. He's, he's put his Holy Spirit at the very center of who we are. This is the one we're talking about. It sounds like nobody or nothing has power over him. Amen? But I want you to see the real focus here. Put him over everything for the church. Some people, I don't need church. Read the book, man. Now, I understand why a lot of people don't want to go to church. Because a lot of people have been hurt by people who call themselves Christians, and they're not. Let me help you with something, whether you're online or here. The bottom line is if you've been hurt by in the church, you've not been hurt by Christians. You've been hurt by knuckleheads who call themselves Christian. Which is his body, the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. See, what that's all about is he's saying, listen, I know there are holes. I know there are things that shouldn't be. I know you're human. I understand all of that. But you need to understand who the head of this thing is. It's not you. It's not the pastor. It's not the church board. Thank God. It's Almighty God. And I want you to understand, God never lowers the standard. We do. This is why in America, the church has very little impact on the society. 
because the church has decided that we don't need to do this stuff in the book. We need to do what makes us comfortable. And pastor, you better not say anything that makes me uncomfortable because the bottom line is I'm here to be comforted. I'm here to be coddled. I'm here to hear what I want to hear. I want you to understand that is an ungodly, sinful attitude. You see, as those babies and these young people grow up, I want them to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that no matter what happens in their lives, there's a place they can go and they can be loved and cared for back to eternal health. Well, pastor, I don't like that. Honestly, guys, I love y'all and I listen to everything, but I don't care whether you like my hair. I don't care whether you like the music. I don't care whether you like whatever. I care that this church is exactly what Jesus Christ died and rose again and sent his Holy Spirit to make it. And where you see a problem, one of the things that drove me nuts early in the ministry here was when somebody had a problem with something, they said, well, go talk to the pastor. And I was like, why are you sending that sucker to me? Do I need some more life zapping? Because when it got to me, they ran into a brick wall, and then they got mad and left church. Okay? I'm just like, get away from me. Don't you love them? Yes, I love them enough to tell them that they're being a heathen. Amen? If you see a problem in your body, you deal with it. If God shows you someone that's being a little hellion in the pews or the seats or whatever it is, and and they're just making problems, you deal with it. You're a priest. Are you with me? You're a priest. This place is your responsibility. I understand it's not fun to confront. I understand. Everybody thinks, well, uh, Pastor John loves to confront. No, I don't. But I do it because I want to make sure that that person understands what they're doing, and I want to glorify God. You understand that? It's It's not a matter of enjoying confrontation. Nobody enjoys the stress of confrontation. You'd have to be a total psycho to enjoy that stress. But I love you, and I love God enough that if you're being a nuisance and a problem and a distraction in the body of Jesus Christ, I will confront you. If you see somebody being nasty, gossiping, especially about the preacher, if you see them, just punch them. No, I'm kidding. But, but no, this stuff goes on in churches. And people come in, and they hear this stuff. And they're like, well, this ain't no difference in my office. Or whatever you do. The bottom line is, we need to come together and say, you know what? This is heaven. And if you don't want heaven, go to one of these other churches around here. Stanley always laughs. He always tells me he's never heard anybody say that. But honestly, I don't want any distraction from what God wants to do 
in every new person walking in, seeking Christ, or in the lives of any one of these young people. It won't happen. You know, and here's my great goal, to make you just like me. Not being mean. Some people think I'm mean. I'm not nice, but I do love and I am kind. Sometimes kindness looks at people and says, listen, this negativity, this stuff that's just gossipy, this stuff that doesn't belong, it doesn't belong here. Because you know what? Jesus Christ died and rose again and sent his Holy Spirit to make a heaven. They missed it. God, Jesus Christ died and rose again and sent his Holy Spirit to make a heaven. And when somebody walks in here, no matter where they're from, no matter their nationality, no matter whether they speak Spanish like Pastor and Eli all the time, I love to tease them. I'm, I'm like, man, this is America. No, I'm just kidding. You should see the people at the school when I say that. They've been listening to goofiness too long. I laugh at that stuff. Every person that walks in here or the school should feel like they just entered heaven. Every person that walks in here with a need, those needs need to be met. Now, if you're a knucklehead, got yourself 40, 50,000 in debt, it's going to take us some time. Okay? But if your marriage is in trouble, we're going to pray over you, and we're going to pray over you, or we're going to pray over you. If your life is in trouble, we're going to pray over you, or we're going to pray over you, and we're going to pray over you. If you got things you don't know how to figure out, we're going to pray over you, we're going to pray over you, we're going to pray over you. Because we want you to enter the kingdom of heaven too and join us in making an army of heavenites. I know that's not a word, but I like it. Do you understand what I mean? This is what God intends. God does not intend for a bunch of people just to sit around and, and, and look pretty. God intends for every person who calls themselves a Christian to step up and say, Pastor, help me to know who I am and what God's call is on my life. Ultimately, it's you and God. But the bottom line is, could you imagine a church full of people that that was their passion? Not just showing up on Sunday. That was their passion all week long. Could you imagine the impact we could have on this very hurting, hopeless world? And that's ultimately what God wants for his church. So my call to you today is, if you feel any inkling at all toward doing a work or the ministry or something in the name of Jesus Christ, this is a great day for you to step up and say, Pastor, that's who I want to be. I want to feel like I'm really centered in who God is. And when we're centered in who God is and what he wants for us, we're also centered in the power of God. We're also centered in the healing of God. We're also centered in the love of God. And it flows through us to a world that needs to hear about it and 
see it lived out. Let's stand. Father, this morning, this is some heavy stuff, and I know it is. But Father, you said in your word today that you are sending out a power, a dynamite. (laughs) And Father, I pray that we would tap into that today to have the courage to step up and be who you created us and call us to be. Father, there is no greater happiness. There is no greater thrill. There is no greater, um, not sure the word I'm looking for, than to know that we've listened to you reveal to us who we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do so that we can be in the center of your glory and your love and your power and your grace. Challenge us, Lord. Lead us, Lord. Give us your grace and power, Lord, and we will give you glory, and we will give you praise, and we will give you honor. And it's in your son's name we pray, and all God's people said, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Stay out of trouble.